0: Hello, and welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I am the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. I've been doing film reviews in written form since 1996, and you can read all of my past work at that website, Quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. We're still continuing our drudge through the month of January, where movie studios tend to dump a lot of the properties that they don't know what else to do with, but they've invested so much money in it that they can't really just release it straight to video. The fifth wave is one of those properties. It is produced by Columbia Sony and it is a young adult property that contains a lot of science fiction elements, action, thriller, and adventure elements as well. It's a PG-13 release. It does contain violence in it and scenes of destruction. It also contains some a little bit more mature science fiction thematic elements and a little bit of harsh language and brief teen partying. The runtime is an hour and 52 minutes, and its main star is Chloe Grace Moretz. Nick Robinson, Alex Rowe, Liev Schreiber, Maria Bello, Meka Monroe, Zachary Arthur, Ron Livingston, and Tony Revalori round out the supporting cast. Jay Blakeson is the director and the screenplay is credited to Susanna Grant, Akiva Goldsman, and Jeff Pinkner. It's based on the novel by Rick Yancey. Chloe Grace Moretz is the star, as I mentioned. She is playing Cassie Sullivan, who is an Ohioan teenager. We meet her in the film in a world that is in a post-apocalyptic state and she is fighting for her survival. We flash back from here to how this world came to be starting with the appearance of a massive alien spaceship, a mothership out in the sky. What follows are four waves of cataclysmic plagues that include such things as tsunamis and a deadly virus. Human beings eventually began to suspect that the Others, which is what the humans have called the alien species, they're trying to take the planet and don't want any humans on it when they do. Dealing with the separation from her family through a variety of mishaps, Cassie finds herself caught in the middle of a fight between the others who've been able to take over human bodies and the last survivors of Earth, the humans, in a world where it's unclear who to trust because there's very little difference between humans and the others who have been able to adapt to human form. The fifth wave of the title could just as easily be applied to the fifth wave of young adult properties that have been churned out in an effort to replace The Hunger Games... In the the teens-who-save-the-world-from-a-dystopian-future mini-genre of films, you have the Divergent series, the Maze Runner series, Ender's Game, and Sony's previous failed attempt at starting their own franchise, The Mortal Instruments, representing the first four waves. Of these, the fifth wave seems most in line with the formula of Ender's Game, because they both feature a similar plot of Earth's highly adaptive kids being trained by the military, to lead the attack against an enemy alien force, as well as raising the thematic questions of just who the bad guys are in this scenario. The Fifth Wave is the second feature film directed by Jay Blakeson. He had a previous effort come out nearly seven years ago in the mostly forgotten small-time thriller effort called The Disappearance of Alice Creed. That really was not a big hit. It failed to make even $200,000 in the United States, not even a million dollars worldwide. Curiously, Columbia Sony has given Jay Blakeson, who is a relatively inexperienced filmmaker, nearly $40 million to try to kickstart a new major franchise for them by taking Rick Yancey's favorably reviewed novel that was published in 2013 and scooping up the rights to them without really caring much as to its quality despite the book series trilogy being unfinished. Now, Jay Blakeson I don't think is a bad director necessarily, but... I think that you would gather that there were some incredibly tight strings from the producers on him to deliver a product that's so derivative of the aforementioned YA properties that anything that might be considered new or novel or or even the least bit subversive for the genre had been sanded off in the development stage in order to give audiences a regurgitation of the same things found in these other more notable films that I mentioned. In other words, The Fifth Wave is like trying to market a new brand of cola line in a world that already has Coke and Pepsi and all of the other knockoffs, but it full-heartedly tries to make it taste exactly like Coke and Pepsi instead of trying to give their product a unique flavor that differentiates it from what has come before. Like The Hunger Games and Divergent, the makers of The Fifth Wave cast a popular young actress with some decent dramatic range in Chloe Grace Moretz. She's clearly the best thing about the film altogether, which is kind of in similar keeping with those other films. Jennifer Lawrence and Sheenly and Woodley were the best things about their respective series, and so is Moretz for this one. However, Moretz is relegated to the sidelines for large chunks of the fifth wave because It has this bifurcated plot that asks us to follow what's going on with Cassie's young brother, Sammy, who ends up at a military base that has, in one of the film's most easily read tells, it has the electricity and running vehicles that the rest of humanity seems to lack. The secondary storyline also beefs up the backstory of Ben Parrish, Cassie's high school crush, who becomes a hero in his own right in leading Earth's final defense against the others. But unfortunately, this secondary storyline, the acting here is very spotty at best, because not only because Moretz is off the screen, but a lot of these actors are miscast. And even the presence of veterans like Liev Schreiber and Maria Bello fail to elevate the film by their presence because they are in thinly defined one note characterizations. But more than this, what YA dystopia property would be complete without a second potential love interest for our heroine? Yes, in addition to Ben being her high school crush, we see a wounded Cassie saved and cared for by a wood-chopping, lake-bathing dreamboat of a local farm boy named Evan Walker, whose combat skills are as impressive as his six-pack abs. With humanity on the brink of extinction— Introducing hunks for Cassie to fawn over, and Cassie always looks as beauty salon fabulous as everyone else is in this world, despite humanity not having adequate shower or shelter for weeks, it makes us think that the filmmakers of The Fifth Wave aren't taking their plot very seriously, and that erases what little tension there is for audiences who are already struggling to find something to latch onto to get them interested in where things will eventually end up at the finish line? The screenplay credits for the Fifth Wave include such heavy hitters as Oscar-nominated Susanna Grant, who wrote the screenplay for Aaron Brockovich. You have an Oscar winner in Akiva Goldsman, who wrote the screenplay for A Beautiful Mind. And you also have credited TV veteran Jeff Pinkner, who co-scripted a prior Sony property in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. The Fifth wave's not incompetently made, but it is largely generic in its plot elements. And the forced nature of the superfluous romantic elements occasionally pushes the film into the realm of the unintentionally laughable. Instead of a blockbuster, it also very much feels at times like a pilot to a television series more so than it does an apocalyptic alien invasion extravaganza, especially as it leaves all of its major story threads unresolved by the film's ending, obviously setting itself up for future entries that may never come if the film fails to be lucrative, and based on the box office performance so far, I don't think that we'll see a follow-up any time in the near future, Now, given that we get no closure to the story, and we're uncertain if we ever will, there's really not much point in wasting one's time in getting to know these cardboard characters or investing our interest in a plotline that's only one-third resolved. I think that fans of this property and of these kinds of properties in general are better off sticking to the books because reportedly the book series by Rick Yancey is supposed to be a pretty good series, certainly much more effective and entertaining than the results here in film form. So if you're interested in this property, I would say that most people would tell you that the books are where to go and to skip out on this first chapter that is probably not going to have chapters two or three. So I didn't think that the fifth wave was necessarily much worse than some of the Hunger Games knockoffs, but I am so fatigued by the Hunger Games films that I really didn't want to see any more of those. And certainly I don't want to see some second rate knockoffs. And so that's why I can't really recommend the fifth wave, despite the fact that It does have some intriguing elements to it, but those elements are the same as other elements that we found in many other YA properties that have been turned into films in recent years. So it's going to be ultimately forgettable and another January misfire. Two and a half stars is what I'm going to give the fifth wave. And two and a half stars means I think that it had the elements here to be a good film. Certainly you had a pretty good cast here and you had some interesting sci-fi action elements but its derivativeness and its need to conform to the plot lines of these other more successful films, render it as a second or third tier film. And I just really can't recommend it to anyone but those people who regularly feed themselves on these kinds of things. So two and a half stars, four the fifth wave. Thanks everyone for listening. I hope that you enjoy the review. Click the subscribe button if you haven't already, and you'll continue to get my reviews in the future. And also, if you happen to be on iTunes or any place else where you download your podcast and it allows you to leave a review, I encourage you to do so because word of mouth is the best way that you can show your support for the podcast. The Quipster Film Review Podcast is the name of the show. Until next time, thanks for listening. And please, when you go to the movies... I hope that you have a really good time.